I don't know if this is really. Yeah. As long as I can drop them, Mike. Uh, I, I don't know if it's fully uh, 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 recordable, but, um, you know, uh, let's talk about adverse events with medications um, during procedural sedation. So, procedural sedation, obviously, something we do frequently. Um, we use different medications frequently, although we use a lot of the same ones. And most of us think we know what the uh, adverse effects can be, and we talk about patients. Uh, we talked with patients before about the risk benefits and alternatives, and I think we're always weighing the risk benefits and alternatives when we're performing these kind of uh, procedures and using these kind of uh, meds. But uh, uh, I think most of us feel like we know what to look for with certain meds. And I recently read an article that uh, basically validated all the things that we, that we look for and what we, what we look out for with certain medications. So they did a meta-analysis of like um, 5,000 uh, patients getting procedural sedation and in alphabetical order looking at uh, uh, different adverse effects. Um, agitation, number one, and uh, about 16% of those 5,000 patients had some degree of agitation at some time, almost all attributable to ketamine. So if you're using ketamine, agitation is going to be probably your number one side effect. We know, we know about that. Um, using something like ketafol, uh, mixing ketamine one-to-one -one with propofol brings that down to about 5%. I don't think we use a ton of ketafol here, but um, just something to be aware of. Aspiration, we always worry about aspiration and we prepare for aspiration, but an incredibly rare adverse event with procedural sedation, even in the patients that we, we see that uh, uh, don't have completely empty stomachs as well. It happens about one in every 2,500 cases for true aspiration, uh, but always important to be prepared for. Bradycardia, um, anybody, any ideas about uh, which med we worry about with bradycardia? Almost none really, but etomidate, uh, uh, is the one that we'll see bradycardia with, about one in every 250 uh, patients or so. And then hypotension, I think we all know which one to be aware for hypotension, propofol, right, exactly. But actually when we use propofol for procedural sedation as opposed to just sedation for somebody on a vent, uh, it happens much less frequently. Um, and so when uh, looking at just procedural sedation, propofol had a hypotension rate of about 2%. All the others were about 1% or less. So um, uh, hypotension is one we look for as well. And hypoxia, obviously, one of the main things we watch. Um, and those numbers vary between medications, anywhere from less than 1% for ketamine, which uh, we use a lot as far as trying to protect people's airway and their respiratory drive to as high as 5%, which would be the propofol itself. Um, and then, um, uh, you know, one of the scariest adverse events that we worry about is things like laryngospasm, uh, especially with uh, ketamine. Doesn't happen very often, but the numbers weren't that rare. It was like one in 2,500, one in uh, 3,000. And if you ever see it, it's something that uh, will make you pretty nervous and pretty anxious yourself. Usually self-resolves, but uh, there's things you can do. To treat it so just a little overview on adverse reactions with procedural sedation